Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 251 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I am your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be talking about some simple home exercises for tennis elbow. We're going to be going over how I like to approach tennis elbow. We'll discuss tennis elbow lookalikes. We'll review five exercises I like to use when treating tennis elbow. We're going to go over a few tips that I like to add when treating lateral epicondylitis or lateral epicondylopathy and so much more. But if you don't mind waiting a moment, we're going to hear words from our sponsor. You go into clinic every day to practice at the top of your license and provide the best care to your patients. Yet, four out of five orthopedists say that note-taking is interfering with patient care. Robin is here to change that. Robin provides ambient virtual scribing that's designed exclusively for orthopedics. Its Robin Assistant device ambiently captures your visits, so you can focus on patients, and Robin Virtual Scribes can deliver more complete clinical notes and codes to your EHR. Visit robin.co slash OEP. That's robin.co slash OEP to learn more. This episode is sponsored by MedBridge. Harnessing the power of technology to help you advance your career and improve patient outcomes, MedBridge delivers over 2,000 evidence-based CE courses and more than 7,000 specialized patient exercises available whenever you need them from wherever you are. MedBridge goes beyond CEUs. They're leading the space. From interactive webinars led by top industry leaders to the first-ever HEP patient mobile app, MedBridge has taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, and those they serve. For a limited time, use promo code OEP to receive $175 off your annual subscription. Welcome back, everyone. So, tennis elbow is extremely, extremely difficult to treat. I've treated numerous types of diagnoses, and it's just incredible to me at how difficult it can be to treat lateral epicondylitis or opathy. Um, before you treat tennis elbow, though, you need to take a few things into consideration. So number one, you need to make sure that you rule out lookalikes, okay? So a C7 nerve root compression can look just like a lateral epicondylitis or tennis elbow. Um, there's, there's pain in the lateral elbow there. Uh, you can uh, you need to make sure that you check their reflexes. So if they have a loss of tricep reflex, loss of sensation over the dorsum of the third finger, maybe they have a Spurlings, a positive Spurlings test, Check all that stuff out. Do a little traction on their neck. And if they have less pain in their lateral elbow, that could be a sign that they have a nerve root compression at C7. So make sure you rule that out. Keep that in mind when you're seeing these patients. Make sure they don't have, you know, posterior interosseous nerve impingement or compression, radial tunnel syndrome. Uh, you know, don't forget these tendons can tear also, okay? So you can have an extensor tendon mechanism tear, um, and that can be quite painful also. So take into consideration, you know, mechanism of injury or the cause of the problem. Were they golfing and they caught a divot and they had this sudden increase in pain in their lead arm? Or did they get this from a repetitive gripping type of job that they have or maybe an activity? Maybe they, you know, it's with uh, riding their bike and they increase their mileage and they're gripping the handlebar a lot. Um, but so try to sort out where the cause of this problem is from because that's going to be very, very important because you don't want to just treat the symptoms, but you definitely want to uh, hit the cause. 
take a look at previous treatments that they might have had. It's very common to see people who've had multiple treatments for this, and then they end up in your office and you know, hoping and begging that you're going to have the answer um, to their prayers. And you know, sometimes the passive treatment could be, or the previous treatment could be too passive. And so we are learning now that we are not loading tissues enough to be able to tolerate the activities that they have to uh, to do. The other thing you need to look at are ergonomics. Do they do a, a job where they're gripping and grasping something with a lot of vibration? Or maybe they're small tools like a dental hygienist with a small pick and they're in one position all day long. I also look at sustained postural stress in the upper trapezius and neck. You know, is that stagnant while the hand is working really, really hard? Uh, you know, and the other thing that a lot of people ask about are modalities. There are so many different modalities out there. And is there a place for soft tissue modalities? And, and yes, there is. But what you need to do is you need to try to identify, is this an itis or is this an opathy? Is there acute inflammation or is there no inflammation at all? So if somebody is acutely inflamed, they're really starting to flare up, it's been a couple of weeks, this is just progressively getting worse, then you may want to do modalities to help control their pain. You know, some interferential current, it might be a pulsed ultrasound. You, uh, you know, may want to do some iontophoresis, which I find quite effective if there's not a lot of uh, fat over that area. Um, you know, you might be effective with iontophoresis with dexamethasone and sodium phosphate to that region. But you also want to, you know, follow that with some relative rest. Uh, that's important also. Ultimately, you want to be able to increase the strength, though, of that forearm, you know, because you want to be stronger than the activity you are doing. And I've given this example before. You know, imagine you have a Volkswagen Beetle and you have a Ford 350 pickup truck with a turbo in it. And um, both of these are pulling a trailer that has five tons of equipment in the back of it. Well, that Volkswagen Beetle is probably going to break down pretty quickly because it is not strong enough to pull that kind of load. And that pickup truck is not going to have a problem at all. It'll be able to take it wherever it wants to go and uh, be less likely to break down because it is just so much more powerful than the load that it's pulling. And our bodies are pretty much the same way. Okay, if we overstress it, um, it will break down. And if we're not strong enough, uh, that will cause it to break down even faster. So other considerations you need to take when you're treating somebody with tennis elbow is that you need to talk to them about expectations. These take a long time to get better. They didn't develop this overnight for the most part. And if they did, and it was with one mechanism, you need to be considering some sort of soft tissue damage, maybe a tear uh, or a significant strain to the tissues you know, that happened. But usually this is a repetitive strain, cumulative trauma type of issue. The other problem we see here is that a lot of people go to quote unquote Dr. Google and find these videos that say the one big fix for tennis elbow, cure your tennis elbow for life in one minute. Um, things like that are, are very scary to me. I've never seen anybody get better with one particular exercise and there's no quick cure for this and we have to educate them about that because now we we don't only we have to educate them about their problem but we have to uneducate them about some of the inappropriate things they may have learned in regards to treating themselves. Like I recently saw a video that showed uh, the number one elbow exercise for tennis elbow and they were uh, the thumbnail was pointing to the medial epicondyle. You know, there are some folks out there that just aren't taking the time to uh, really look at what works, see what the evidence is showing, and, you know, experience 
also has taught us a lot. Um, through a lot of failures, um, we have won a lot of wars and, and really helped out a lot of people. So the uh, you want to make sure that if you are working with a patient who is in the acute phase, you relatively rest them. Sometimes they need a brace. They need to have that wrist cocked up a little bit just to take some tension off so that inflammation settles down. They may require non-steroidal anti-inflammatory um, or pain-controlling modalities just to get them a little bit more comfortable. You want to talk about modification of the work site. If they are doing those gripping activities, you want to change that. You want to see if there's something they can do differently to help take some pressure off. That doesn't mean they have to do nothing. There are a lot of things you can do with somebody with tennis elbow and not re-aggravate that lateral epicondyle region. Now, let's say that there's no more inflammation and they're in a chronic phase. We're looking at a tendon that has disorganized fibers. The muscle is generally weak. There's poor tendon integrity. You have chronic pain. That is a problem in itself. Um, and, you know, the difficulty doing work and doing your daily activities all adds to this psychological component of chronic pain that also has to be dealt with when you are working with these people. You need to also look at postural muscles, okay? Do they have a weak posterior shoulder musculature? And if so, that can be worked on right away without aggravating that elbow. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I also feel that the extensor mechanism becomes very congested. It works really hard, uh, and just like any other muscle that is in spasm or stays in one position for a long period of time, can get be, become very congested with metabolites and waste product from the muscle when it's being used. So massaging and moving some of that fluid out of there can be uh, very helpful. And then we also know that people who have lost a thoracic rotation, there's a... There's a um, Correlation between that and lateral epicondylitis or opathy. So take that into consideration. Now, prior to, I'm going to talk about these five exercises that I like to do with patients who have tennis elbow. They are not the only five exercises I do with these people. Some of these folks, I might start off on the first day with lots of education. I might do a little bit of flexibility with them. There's nothing wrong with stretching that wrist extensor mechanism. There is nothing wrong with using a tennis elbow strap if they're having considerable pain with gripping and you know that they don't have radial tunnel syndrome. Um, so there are a lot of these little things that you can do. I like to heat up the forearm. I'd like to do a little stretching. I like to do a little massage, decongest that muscle. And then I like to get into our exercise routine. Cardiovascular conditioning is also very important and postural retraining is very important. So there's really a lot going on here, but there are some key exercises that need to be done started, you know, relatively early as long as it's not too painful, but I do expect people to have some pain, you know, probably a two to a four on a pain scale is not uncommon while you're doing some exercise. Um, and you may not want to modify the exercise depending on how painful they are. So the first exercise I like to start with after the flexibility and the soft tissue modalities would be wrist extension. Now, I start all of these people with wrist extension without gripping, okay? So everybody has seen this exercise. You put your forearm on the table. You let your wrist fall off the edge of the table. You put a one or two or three pound dumbbell in the hand. You squeeze it and you extend the wrist and then you, you go up. Concentrically, down eccentrically, you might just do eccentrics. Um, but again, you are gripping, and gripping is really one of the biggest reasons why people get tennis elbow. Um, you know, we see it in tennis players, we see it in people who work at Acme Monaco, where they bend little wires for um, braces and they manipulate small objects, and dental hygienists, and, and uh, you know, 
people who are just doing lots of gripping and grasping of small objects. So I try to minimize that gripping early on if I can. Okay, so what I do is I have them put that forearm on the table. I have them hold the hand parallel to the floor. So basically straight out at zero degrees of extension. And I put a small plate weight, like a two and a half pound plate weight over the dorsum of the hand. I have the fingers all nicely extended at zero and I have them hold that there. And if they can do that and they're fairly comfortable with that, I usually do five sets of 45 seconds with a 45 second rest in between. Now, if you don't have a plate weight, you can always use a piece of TheraBand. Put that down on the floor. You're holding that TheraBand with the dorsum of the hand and fingers in that neutral position isometrically. Now, I'll have a video for all five of these exercises. I will link that in the show notes today so you can take a look at how I like to do these. Um, once a person gets comfortable with that isometric activity, you might go into eccentrics and isotonics with the TheraBand, concentric, eccentric. And then you might jump into a, uh, a dumbbell and start to use a dumbbell for your wrist extension. Okay, You definitely want to be working so that the patient feels some element of fatigue when they're done their sets. Okay, They shouldn't feel like nothing just happened. But you also have to remember, if they're sore for two, three days down the road after doing these exercises, you're probably pushing just a little too hard. So you'll have to modify them and go just a little bit lighter. Okay, but the key is to start activating those extensors as long as you're not suspicious of a tear. The next one is supination. Now, it's hard to do supination without gripping, but you can put um, a piece of TheraBand around the thumb, go around the hand, and work on just going from the pronated position up to 90 degrees. And you start with that. You can do that isometrically also, and then work into concentric eccentrics. You can then grab a hold of a hammer or a dowel or a cane. And the further you hold that cane or dowel on the bottom end, the more resistance you're going to get. It means you have to grip more. Now, if you have something with a sticky handle, that will require a lot less grip than a slippery handled thing. Okay, so if you're if you're using maybe a cane, let's say, and that cane is quite glossy and slippery, you've got to grip that a lot harder to hold it from sliding out of your hand. Now, if you take something like a therabar, those rubberized therabars are kind of sticky, or you can use Coflex and put it around the uh, you know the hammer handle and use that. You don't have to grip quite as much. Okay, so therefore you can start to decrease that amount of grip force while doing supination strengthening exercises. Ultimately increasing that three sets 10 repetitions and working to uh, fatigue. I then will jump into some sideline external rotation. Oftentimes when we do this, you can do it standing, you can do it laying on your side. I like to do it laying on the side just because you can engage the scapula, put a towel roll underneath the arm because we know that activates the rotator cuff better, but it also keeps people from letting the arm go away from the body. Um, so they just pivot on the elbow and keep 90 degrees at the elbow while they're doing this. I will oftentimes wrap a, a wrist weight or an ankle weight around the wrist and so that they're not having to hold on to a dumbbell when they're doing it so they're not gripping as much. As they start to feel better, you can throw the, um, the grip in there by holding a dumbbell. Okay, and then you really start to work on increasing that load. We know that there is a correlation between weakness into external rotation and tennis elbow. So we work on that. Okay, and not only is it helpful for the elbow, but it's great exercise for your rotator cuff. I'm a huge advocate of this. We've been doing this for a long time, but literature seems to be showing now that um, it's much more beneficial 
uh, for patients than we thought before. And uh, so we will continue doing what we're doing. One other exercise, our fourth exercise that I do and have been doing for many, many years is a prone thumbs up exercise. Okay. So basically um, you're on a, maybe you're on a bench press bench or you're on the corner of a table with your chin on the corner of a table or the uh, corner of a bed. Arms are down by the floor. You turn the thumbs up. You externally rotate the arms. You keep the arms 90 degrees away from the body and you're going into horizontal abduction, really engaging the posterior scapular retractors and your rotator cuff and activating all of that. Plus, you're throwing in a little bit of supination while you're doing it. We just talked about how important supination was. I've been doing this exercise forever for people with tennis elbow. And the reason I was doing it is because I feel there is a huge component of vascular thoracic outlet syndrome and or a loss of vascular input into the arm when people have these poor postures and therefore they're not healing up the tissues in the arm that are overworking. So I've been doing this for a long time, but there is an association between weakness of the periscapular muscles and tennis elbow. So I'm glad we've been doing this forever. I want you to start doing these with your patients, um, and you'll find they'll be very helpful. Our fifth exercise is thoracic rotation. So there's also an association between a stiff thoracic spine that doesn't rotate very well and tennis elbow. So simply doing any exercise you like that improves thoracic rotation. We do the open book uh, oftentimes, so you're laying on your side, um, kind of in the fetal position. Both arms are straight out in front of you, palms together. And then you open up one arm, you look in the same direction of the rotation as you're looking over your body, um, trying to get that nice thoracic rotation. You do it several times and then you switch sides. You can do this sitting up in a chair. Uh, you can do it with a golf club over the back of your shoulders while holding onto that and getting some nice spinal rotation. Um, that can help to also improve uh, your patients. And again, you'll notice that some of these exercises really aren't targeting the tennis elbow, okay, the extensor mechanism a lot. Um, ultimately, you do want to make those extensor muscles strong, but there are a lot of other things that you should be doing in conjunction with that. So if, if you have a patient who comes in with tennis elbow and you are focusing on that elbow only, you're going to be heading in the wrong direction. I have to, I have to say, um, you know, just doing soft tissue modalities alone, such as iontophoresis, ultrasound, electrical stimulation, radial pressure wave therapy for those who have tendinopathy, um, just those alone um, may not be helpful. And they may be helpful early on, but you should not be doing that for a long period of time. You really need to get into a thoracic kyphosis reduction program, really activate all those muscles work on the postural muscles, get blood flow to that arm, uh, and I think you'll see some success with that. If you don't see success and it's not starting to come around and that patient's really been compliant and modifying their activities at home, not doing a lot of gripping and grasping, and really listening to you and you're not getting anywhere, then you need to have this checked again. Maybe they need an MRI. They might have a tear of their extensor mechanism. Uh, maybe there is something else going on here, a nerve impingement or something like that, that is causing them to have this continued pain. And uh, therefore, you would start to change that direction. But if you see a nice steady improvement, then stick with that, increase the intensity, and um, you'll have success with uh, treating your tennis elbow patients. So folks, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I uh, can't believe we've passed our 250 mark. Uh, super excited about that. And uh, we're going to continue pressing along, have all kinds of content for you. If you have any questions you'd like me to put on the show, please send those to paul at orthovalpal.com. And I will be more than happy to um, 
put that on the show, talk about it, and hopefully get some answers for you. I hope you enjoyed the show, and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.